Hello everyone, welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by Mouthwash. Um, yeah, so NXT TakeOver In Your House happened. It was a show that occurred. Uh, we also have Hell in a Cell coming up on Sunday. Everyone hold their excitement. Because, you know, there's there's so much hype. So much. Uh, I don't know. I think we're just uh, seeing WWE trying to get through all these shows that are still fanless and just throwing shit out there and doing whatever the fuck they want and then who cares and then we're gonna just restart everything or something once there's fans again maybe they'll start to care maybe we can hope I mean Smackdown's still mostly good but that's it uh uh yeah so TakeOver I was Surprised to see that it started at 7 p.m. Central. I was really confused when I went to see go for, see if uh, Peacock had a start from beginning button at about 6:25, and it said coverage starts in three minutes. I'm like, coverage starts in three minutes? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Why would it start in three minutes? It it started an hour ago. The pre-show would have been an hour ago. No, it's like no, no, it starts in three minutes. I'm like, does the show start at 6.30? That's weird. And it turned on, and it was the pre-show. So the real show started at 7. I'm like, you could have said something. Your shows start at 6 o'clock Central Time. They all do. If they don't, you better beat it into our head way more than this. Because I had no fucking clue. So, ultimately, I got to watch it on time, which was weird. I wasn't expecting to. I was expecting to have to get home at 10.30 p.m. and watch it then. And I guess I'm glad I got to watch it on time, because uh, I would prefer... It's better that I got watched it then and dealt with it while I was at work instead of having to go home and then spending another two and a half hours after having to avoid spoilers for that amount of time and then watch it at home. It was better this way because, A, uh, I didn't have to avoid spoilers, B, I got paid to watch it, and C, it wasn't that great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that great. The first match, ultimately, was the best match on the show, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The six-man tag match between uh, LDF, uh, MSK, and Bronson Reed for all those belts. Uh, It was was a lot of fun, mostly. Uh, But then the end was completely abrupt and ruined everything that it had going for it. Like, the second... Santos picked up that belt and walked away. It seemed like it was maybe about to get interesting. Nope. Brunson just smashed him through the barricade. And that was the end of the match. Because that took him out. It was three on two. They just took out the rest of LDF. It was nothing. They took out the leader. It was done. It was like, it was short, too. Like, this, like up until that point, it was a lot of fun. And then you just had this abrupt, stupid ending. Bronson Reed's not it. He's not. 
MSK is great, but I still keep finding myself wanting their opponents to win every time. And I don't know what that's about, but... Like, it's just not their time yet, I guess. They're really good, but it has... There has to be something not clicking here for me to be wanting both Grizzled Young Vets or LDF to win instead of them every time. So, yeah. Uh, and the show is pretty much downhill from there. I mean, that was, still, I mean, other, uh, other than the fact that I wanted the other team to win, it was still a good match. And they, I mean, the ending was abrupt, but. Uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. I will say I was enjoying this match mostly until another abrupt ending. And this one actually... The other abrupt ending didn't really ruin the match. This one kind of does. Uh, first off, I mean, Zia Lee should not be beating Mercedes Martinez. She shouldn't be. That's a fact. Uh, that being said, uh, I missed what hurt her leg. I guess she kicked the ring post, but and she was selling it. And then, like because I didn't see what happened, I, I for a bit I actually thought she was really hurt, which it wasn't. Which is which obviously that's good. <laughs> not I'm not trying to say I wanted to be hurt or anything. I would say, but uh, I just I'm like. Because the ref was checking on her several times, so it seemed like it could have been real. Like, why is the ref checking on her multiple times if this is a worked injury? Regardless, uh, I was enjoying this more than I thought I would, I guess probably because the expectations were so low for this match, given that Zaylee is Zaylee. But, uh, yeah, uh... She goes for something on the outside. Okay, the one thing that annoyed me is uh, Boa pulls her out after Mercedes hits a move. And commentary is like, oh, he pulled out his... Uh, Boa, Boa pulls out his woman. Is it Bo or Boa? I, I, if, if if I'm saying the wrong name, I apologize. Uh, and his, he, uh, Barrett's like, he pulled out his woman. It's like, since when is Zia Lee his woman? They're part of this faction thing t together, but they're not a couple. So let's let's not uh, just say let's not just going throwing around same describing her as his woman. Okay, okay, that's just odd. His friend, his uh, colleague, whatever. His woman is not it. Anyways, that annoyed me. Anyways, like Bo Boa distracts Mercedes. Zaya runs up to Mercedes, gonna attack her. Mercedes counters and hits, uh, t just does like a back body drop on the outside. I'm like, okay, well that, that's gotta, that's probably leading to the finish because that looked pretty impactful and Zaya Lee's power level in, in terms of where, like where she ranks in, uh, on the roster, not that high. So you. You think you're going to throw her in, you're going to hit a move or two, and that's going to be it. Because you just threw her over your head and slant, had her fall uh, re really hard on her back on the outside. So, Mercedes throws her in. 
picks her up, was going for something. Zaya counters. Okay, that's Zaya can count. Zaya countering, whatever. Uh, spit does her kick thing. I guess that's I guess that's her finisher. Using her foot that's hurt. Uh, which shouldn't be, like, that shouldn't really work out that way. And then it took several seconds for her to cover Mercedes, and it still got the win. Like, she used an injured foot to kick Mercedes out of nowhere when Mercedes was very much uh, the stronger competitor here as in terms of, like... Zia Lee was the one that was worn out far more. Zia Lee does not have supernatural powers where she can just suddenly overcome this. Uh, she was just trained by someone, and she's suddenly stronger than she was, but she's not a, she's not a super... Like, she has no supernatural powers. Neither does Alexa Bliss, but regardless, this is... That's not neither here nor there, but she, like... We need to get stop with these stupid supernatural characters now. It's we're we're done with it. And Alexa Bliss doesn't have them. Certainly, Zaya Lee doesn't have them. Uh, so there is no way that I believe that after she got slammed on her back on the outside like that, that and has an injured ankle or foot, that she kicked Mercedes Martinez with the injured foot. So hard that after th it took five seconds to even get into the cover, that that would have been enough to pin Mercedes Martinez. Sorry, no. That ruined every. That ruined any part of the good match that it had before it. Not that it was a great match or anything, but it was over my expectations, so it was fine. You fucked it up. And then Zaylee goes for a chair. Uh, gets it taken from her Mercedes. Mercedes beats the living shit out of her with a chair. Uh, which, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, and then Mei Ying or Tian Sha stands up. I'm not sure what, what, what her name is supposed to be because uh, commentary kept calling her different things. I'm like, is her name Mei Ying or is her name Tian Sha? Do not use the same name in the same sentence or within the same paragraph. Because I've been up until this show, I was pretty positive her name was Tian Sha, and I've been uh, not, not that I watch NXT a lot, but I was pretty positive this person's name that sits at the top of the ramp while Zaylee has matches that her name is Tian Sha. And suddenly, they started calling her Mei Ying on Sunday. Like, Mei Ying has risen, and like, she and was like, what does this mean for Mei Ying? And then literally after they said that, they said, what does this mean for Tian Sha? I'm like, what's the difference? What... Who is Mei Ying? If that's Tian Sha, who is Mei Ying? If that's Mei Ying, who is Tian Sha? Tian and Tian Sha is not apparently their group name. Uh, so like, stick to one. Like I looked at their Twitter, and uh, I will look at the Twitter right now, uh, and see what what because the Twitter bio was kind of odd. So let's see, Tian Sha. It's at Fear Tian Sha. 
It says, all messages approved by Mei Ying, written by Shifu, whoever that is. So, um, what, like, that doesn't help. Fear Tian Sha. So, her name's supposed to be Tian Sha, as far as that's supposed to mean. Uh, let's see. Translate this. Don't be okay. Don't, okay, that doesn't help. Yeah. Don't know. I have no idea what that was supposed to mean. Or, like, who... And it, like, what that... What her name actually is. So, if your name is Mei Ying or Tian Sha, uh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I can't call you by the proper name here because the company doesn't seem to know what it is. Regardless, Mei Ying or Tian Sha, whichever one it is, gets up uh, after Mercedes beats the fuck out of Zaylee enough with the chair and chokes her out, basically. Uh, Mercedes tries to put up with a fight, but put up a fight, but it wasn't enough. She gets thrown into, like, a steel uh, pillar, whatever, and that's the end of that. That was interesting. I just wish I knew what her name was. Uh, and then, I mean, the rest of the show was filled with garbage people. L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes in a ladder match, which was kind of boring, to be honest. I didn't, I mean, I had no investment in it to begin with, but, I mean, Karen Grimes tried. L.A. Knight sucks. Simple as that. Of course, L.A. Knight won. I don't really give a shit. I got distracted, I was distracted by a work-related task in the middle of this. But, you know, I, I got bored. And they put the, and this belt means nothing, so, really, like, you did all of that to win a, piece of metal that means nothing so and then la knight was really excited that he won this irrelevant piece of metal it's just like i can't take this seriously this belt doesn't mean anything and you really just put yourself through all of that to win this piece of shit uh why is cameron grimes going to climb the ladder with his back to this contraption of ladders that's on the outside. Why would you do that? Why would you possibly give yourself an, uh, uh, the possibility of this ladder being tipped over and you falling backwards through this? You're a dumbass. You deserve to lose. Uh, there, there was a number of instances of on this show of just people, like, placing themselves in after getting hit with something and like you landed in such a way that so, such and such happened when you should have known better uh but we'll get to those uh yeah i mean this match didn't matter this match was boring for most of it uh whatever who cares uh ember moon versus raquel gonzalez i mean Issa was hard to get into at points. Uh, Ember's good, but did anyone really think she was going to win the title? No. Uh, uh, Raquel was really bad. Anytime she tried to do something, or like most of the time, it was not good. Like, 
it just no it, it I so bad and I'm like yeah the 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 finish was exactly what I expected it to be I'm like she's gonna go for an eclipse and Raquel's gonna catch her and then she's gonna do her powerbomb thing that she thinks is strong that thinks is effective when it's just like, hey, you put me down, congratulations, and that's gonna be it, and that's what happened, and I'm like, and, yeah, Ember got hope spots, and then it's just like, why should I believe any of these things are going to happen? Every time, like, oh, she hit the eclipse, it's like, Dakota Kai is still out there. You really think anything's gonna happen here? No. It was like, Oh, she hit an eclipse. I'm like, oh, but Raquel is positioned so perfectly for Dakota to pull her leg and put it on the ropes. I wonder if that's going to happen. And it did. I'm, it's like, you positioned her so... She, got, she landed so perfectly that that was so obvious. Congratulations. Shotzi came back. It's like, yay, Shotzi came back. And that's just going to cause a distraction for... Ember, which I mean, she got that tornado DDT thing happening, and then you threw her into the ring and thought that was gonna be the pin, the pin for some reason. Stop throwing people into the ring and not doing another move. Do a fucking move. Then go for the cover. Anytime you have to hit your finisher a second time. You're never going to win. That's not how it goes. Unless it's like a really long match. And the first one wasn't like a big hope spot where you thought it was going to win. And uh, The five-way match, it was... I I got distracted for in the beginning of it because I had to go do something else for work. And then it's just, I had no reason to even bother going back for it. I mean, it's freaking carrying cross in a match with four other people, which you knew exactly how this was going to go. It's going to be kind of fun when he's not involved, but then once he's involved, the match is not going to be fun anymore. Uh, he got thrown out of the match a couple of times, and like he got thrown through the door of the set. He got powerbombed onto the table, which didn't even break. And in, and in these parts, he wasn't involved. And these parts were were good. Like, I've been saying this with Dominic Mysterio. If someone is so bad that you know you need to remove him from the match for a significant amount of time for the match to be good while he's not a part of it and then throw him back in there just for him to win, maybe don't make him a champion because, you know, they're bad. Don't, like, no. And... And, like, it, he ruined what was otherwise a fairly good match. I won't call it amazing or anything. I enjoyed the match when he wasn't a part of it. But I'm not... This wasn't an amazing match by any means. And he fucking ruined it. And it's just like, oh, like, this could have been your ticket out of this mess. And you could have put the belt on literally anyone else. But... You left it on him. Like, 
this was your perfect opportunity where you had five dudes and one of them could have pinned someone, could have pinned someone else. Cross would have lost and not had to have been pinned. And you could just do something else with him, like fire him. Also, like, I'm, I'm just seeing their entrance now, and, I, like, I'm just, wa like, sometimes, and I'm just, like, I wonder I, I wonder if Scarlet ever feels like an idiot doing all that weird shit in front of him this, this, for this fucker who's just a fucking dumbass, who, like, like, do you ever just feel like an idiot? I know you're, you're a, a couple, but come on. You, you gotta, at some point, you gotta feel like you're just making a complete idiot out of yourself doing all that shit for this motherfucker who has no fucking talent and is a fucking QAnon supporter. Regardless. Uh, yeah. And then the ending... Yeah, that, that ending is just like, why? Like, you could have made this interesting and no, you just ruined it. And then... The show ends mostly with him celebrating. Like, this is not a message to be sending to people. And we're doing a Great American Bash next. When your two main champions are garbage, trashy QAnon supporters. What kind of message are you trying to send people, WWE? The fuck is wrong with you? <sighs> uh... The show ends with Regal uh, uh, thinking, deciding there needs to be a change. That change with Samoa Joe is now his enforcer, because NXT obviously happened tonight. Which I mean, we all really knew that was coming. We heard that they uh, that Samoa Joe was coming back. the The question wasn't whether it was going to be Samoa Joe. The question was only is is Regal still going to be the GM or is Joe going to be the GM? The answer is Joe is just Joe is his enforcer. He's basically Sheriff Stone Cold uh, from 2003, which is the exact right thing for him to be because uh, as much as I I'm very happy Joe is back, uh, but I would not want to I would not want to have want it I I would not want to not have William Regal as the GM like. He, like, Regal was awesome. So I'm glad he's still going to be around. Uh, didn't really watch much of NXT today. And, frankly, who cares? Great American Bash is in a couple weeks. Apparently we're getting Cole versus O'Reilly again. Which is whatever. Uh, yeah. So, moving on from that. Uh... Okay, I guess we can talk about how we'll talk about how to sell now. Uh, there's only five matches on this card right now. Obviously, Seth versus Cesaro is going to happen. That's it's just not official. It will be on Friday, and I imagine that will be a sell match. They need to have something that's worthy of being a sell match on this show, because neither of the matches that are sell matches on here right now deserve to be them. Roman versus Ray shouldn't be one. Drew versus Bobby doesn't need to be one. Really, it doesn't. Uh, 
there's a world where Rhea versus Charlotte could have been a Hell in a Cell match if this if this pay per view was in October. There, like they could have, they would have had to drag the feud out a bit, but like there's a world where that could have been a Hell in a Cell match, probably. I think. It's, uh, like, I wouldn't have enjoyed it, but, like, I could have s- seen it. Uh, Bianca vs. Bailey is not worthy of a cell match, as much as that's the only good feud on this show. Uh, it's not worthy of a cell match. Like, maybe it should have a stipulation, but cell match, no. Not at this point in time. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I don't know if there will be more than six matches. Maybe there will be the, uh, an, uh, an icy title match on here, too. I don't know. Uh, Cesaro will beat Seth. That much is pretty clear. I would hope. Uh, that'll probably be the best or second best match on the show. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I'm going to be fully honest with you. I'm not even going to talk about this match. I'm not even going to watch this match. Anything that involves Alexa Bliss and that fucking doll, I will not watch. Uh... So, from here on out, anything that involves Alexa Bliss and that doll, I'm not watching. Anything that involves Eva Marie, I am not watching. Those are things that I refuse to watch. I care, like, at some point you have to decide yourself is, yourself, like, self-care is more important. And, like, my self-worth is more important to me. And my mental health is more important to me than watching this shit. I will not watch anything uh, that has Alexa, anything to do with Alexa Bliss and this goddamn doll, and anything to do with Eva Marie if Eva is in the ring. Uh, I know that she brought Piper Niven with her, which they brought out Piper Niven as if she was just some random, complete nobody. So that sucks. I mean, uh, I don't like. I haven't seen that many Piper Niven matches, but like when I watched her in the Mae Young Classic, I enjoyed the matches that I did see. Uh, it just feels really eh to me that it's like you brought this the person who could actually wrestle, made her seem and made her out to be a nobody, and put her with Eva Marie, who is a nobody and is trash, and we all know that. Everything about her is trash. Uh, we've had a lot of experience with this. We don't need any, like, this isn't any bit new. Uh, so, like, now you're wasting Piper Niven's time. Uh, and, like, it's just a little cringe to me. Like, like, You brought you put her with that, and I'm like, okay, so you probably like I feel like you would they would probably never even have Piper Niven be on the main roster besides like in this particular scenario because I feel like Vince probably looks at her and she's like and probably thinks oh she's really really big that's gross and that's that's probably Vince's thoughts and it's just like. You, you wouldn't do any... He, and she's not Samoan, like Naya or Tamina. So, 
you know. Uh, you pro like, Neil. It feels like they're putting her out there with Eva, like Eva's like her fitness coach or something. I'm like, there is something off-putting here, and it's just like the women's division, especially on the main roster, is regressing a lot, and it is making me very uncomfortable. Like, we've lost, like, we lost Ruby, which sucks, uh, even if she'd be better off elsewhere. We hit, uh, Sasha's busy, uh, she'll be back soon, thank God. Uh, they're trying to pretend, like, Car they're like, Carmella's the most beautiful woman in WWE, which, I'm just like, I'm not even gonna throw, like, it's not even the fact that that statement's not even true. It's the fact that it's just like, why? Like, this is, like, we're past this bullshit. That, we're, like, we're, this is wrestling. Stop it with the describing, with, with like, the, the, the most low-hanging fruit of, like, com like, compliments you would be giving people here. Like, wrestling. Like, give her some other moniker. Like, related to wrestling. Stop. Oh, she is, like, she is the most beautiful woman in WWE. That's not the point of wrestling. We're past that. Grow up. Move on. That is diva era level bullshit, and we're past it. Man, like, Mandy and Dana are just running around being, like, generic blonde women now. Like, not that they're amazing at wrestling or anything, but you could give them something, like, more than that. Of course, uh, Eva Marie's first thing back had, had to be... At least it wasn't Eva wrestling, thank God. But still, it had to be against Naomi, for fuck's sake. What the fuck? Asuka's not doing shit anymore. Oh, Charlotte's back and Rhea's here, so we don't even have to do anything with Asuka anymore. Wait, she's the best... She's the best wrestler that we have on Raw? Oh. Like, the only thing good we have is Bailey and Bianca. Thank God for them. I mean, like... On one hand, I don't really like that it's just based off of laughing, but on the other hand, it actually, like, the story they're telling still kind of makes sense, and it still kind of works. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler. We won Shayna away from Nia. Shayna's not even really away from Nia, but it's not a new tag team title match anymore, so, uh, also, interesting enough, the tag titles go on Tamina and Natalia, and suddenly they're not even defended anymore on pay-per-views. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder if that was a terrible fucking mistake! 
They could have been on the fucking Riot Squad. Yeah. Could have been on the fucking Riot Squad. You fucked up. Uh, Alexa will win and no one will give a fuck. I'm not watching it. I won't be reviewing it. Alexa will win. No one gives a fuck. Everyone who watches this match already hated it. Uh, anyways, uh, Rhea versus Charlotte. Do I, like, who cares? Charlotte's calling herself the opportunity now? Does she, should she at least be, at least call yourself nepotism? Fuck. Uh They drag Nikki Cross into this somehow? Like... Yeah. Who cares? We'll, we'll go full cynical. Charlotte's gonna win. Uh... Roman versus Ray shouldn't be a Hell in a Cell match. I do appreciate Dominic getting his ass kicked and thrown just flat out thrown away. That was fun. Uh, Roman's retaining, moving, moving on. No reason even like that shouldn't even be happening. Like the like the only interest that this Hell in a Cell match could lead to is if. They have the Usos have another tag title match and have it be after the Cell match, after Roman, like, beats the living fuck out of Ray. That's the only interest this could drum up for me. It's like, oh, Dominic is so bad that they did what they did and put the tag titles on him, so they had to keep him out of as much of these matches as possible, and then they immediately threw Ray into a world title storyline where Dominic's getting beat up on the side, but not actually in the match. This is how bad Dominic is. Also, if any of you weird people are calling Roman Reigns a reign of terror, or like Samoan AAA reign of terror, I suggest you start understanding what a reign of terror actually is, because this ain't it. People actually enjoy this. Just because one person has an opinion that it's a reign of terror does not mean that it's actually a reign of terror. It just means that one person is wrong. And will always be wrong. Thumbs up. Moving on. Uh, AEW fanboys. Gotta hate them. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Hell in a Cell match. Last chance Hell in a Cell match. You know, that could mean Bobby's going to retain, and I guess maybe if Drew McIntyre gets screwed over by Jinder Mahal, like some reports have been saying they're going to feud over the summer, which, God, I hope not. Drew McIntyre really doesn't interest me to begin with, but you put put him up against freaking Jinder Mahal, I'm going to care about him even less. I don't care about either of these guys. Um... Fuck. Why should I care? And why are why is MVP trying to drive a wedge between freaking Kofi and Xavier as if they have anything to do with this? Like, why? Are we... Like, don't actively try to split up the New Day here, guys. Fuck off. 
Aren't the Viking Raiders getting a tag title match? Did it, didn't they win a battle, tag team battle royal the other week to win a tag title shot? Isn't that happening on this show? Did that happen already? I don't watch Raw. But, uh, like, why would that have happened any time before this pay-per-view? But it's not listed here. So, I mean, not that the Viking Raiders would win, regardless. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess Bobby will win, because last chance usually, usually means that Drew, the the person with the last chance loses, even though it doesn't make any sense that way, like, because it should have... Uh, uh, whatever, I guess most of the time that's how it works. Regardless, who cares? This, like, this match shouldn't even be happening. Like, Drew lost clean twice. Uh, and Bianca versus Bailey will be really good. Uh, obviously... I mean, Bianca's going to retain. I kind of hope that there will be a way to extend the feud, but I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, yeah. Um, that's that's Hell in a Cell, it seems like, so far. Maybe there will be other matches. I don't know, but there's nothing else listed. Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to think of just having this random rant, rant about some weird, stupid shit at the end of my podcast be a segment thing. Like, I, I, I randomly ranted about that stupid-ass commercial last week with the uh, riding a horse on the moon thing. I'm kind of thinking about just, like, may, like maybe it wouldn't be every week, but uh, considering it's just, like, just the end, end the show on something that's that's funny most of the time or at least I think or at least something I think is funny so this is going to be completely random but because I was thinking about this the other day or when I, I was watching a video I was thinking about this and it's just like I need to voice this to somebody so I'm going to take this time on my podcast because it's my podcast and I can do whatever the fuck I want on it and yeah, so I was watching a video compilation uh, of Power Rangers related shit the other day, because, uh, I mean, I was watched tons of Power Rangers as a kid, and I occasionally rewatch it every now and then for nostalgia's sake, uh, and I was watching, like, I was watching basically a compilation of all the intros and all the uh, Zord transformations, as one does. That's pretty much what one would watch this these videos for, is to just see all all the opening themes and all the Zords transforming, maybe all the morphs, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I mean, cause there's not much else there to, like, that you would watch on a YouTube video, anyway. And I was I was watching, so... When you get to Power Rangers in Space, which is the end of the the main Mighty Morphin Power Rangers storyline, because it goes from just Mighty Morphin and then goes to Zeo and then goes to Turbo and then goes to In Space, that that's all one thing. And then you got all those other ones that I've I've only watched Lost Galaxy after that one time, 
it wasn't that interesting. I mean, then again, I'm old. Uh, regardless, so, I don't know if anyone listening to this is familiar, but, in so at the end of Power Rangers Turbo, because uh, this is after Zordon has left them, uh, they have this other person who's called in De Demetria, who talks only in riddles or questions, and then you have Alpha Six, which was a terrible idea. And then, regardless, uh, they're fighting Diva talks, whatever, and then you get this weird random message from outer space. That Zordon's been captured by Dark Spectre. So, every, the, the Diva talks and everyone just leaves because they had to go, uh, do, go to celebrate this, I guess. And so, all the Power Rangers, they all have to, leave. now they all have to just go to space because they have to save Zordon. Uh, power, the power chambers fucked up anyway. So they they all get on this rocket, besides Justin, because Justin has to stay there because his father got a new job, and he's a child, and he's 13 years old, or not even, and he never should have been, they never should have done this and made him a Power Ranger, because like, every time he transforms, then the, the, the suit has to grow about five inches, because he's a child. Uh... Their random attempt to get more kids to watch was make a kid a Power Ranger. Because, you know, you needed more kids to watch a kid's show. Anyways. Uh, regardless. The other four of them go off into space on this rocket. That's built, obviously, built by NASA and so on. So you get to Power Rangers in space. This rocket gets in, like, finds the Red Ranger, like, what happens to be the Red Ranger's ship. Mega ship. It's like it's a big round blue ship. It opens up and then like it just like uses a tractor beam and brings them in and docks there and then it closes up and they're they're on his mega ship. And then ultimately the Red Ranger shows up. They tries to fight them because he's like, why the fuck are these four people on our ship? Anyways, they ultimately he ultimately makes them all Power Ranger so on and then they start fighting and. What the rant is about is that the mega ship and the rocket combine to make the Megazord. And I'm just like, how the fuck does that make any sense? This rocket just showed up from Earth and attached to this big blue ship, which it's never seen before. Not that rockets see things, but you know, like they've never, they weren't built together to do this. They just happen. It just happened to taking this ship with a tractor beam. So now, like the big blue, the blue part of it, and it's big. Like the the round part circles around and it becomes the legs, and then like the bottom parts becomes the arms. And the the rocket, like the the front part lifts up and reveals its face, and then like the back part kind of goes down, and then it attaches to the top of the the blue me mega ship. And it becomes the Megazord. Why would this have ever been the case? These were not built together. They were not built to do this. How am I... Like... E 
you, you, and you don't, like, if you stop suspending your disbelief here, how the fuck does that make sense? These came from different planets. Why is this rocket suddenly ahead? It was a rocket built by NASA from Earth. How is this rocket ahead? And if this rocket was never ahead before, why is this megaship suddenly capable of becoming a body? Why? How does that make any fucking sense? It wasn't built to do this. Ah! Anyways. I just wanted to point that out. That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Uh, anyone care to explain? Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, review of Hell in a Cell next week. And after that, who the fuck knows? Oh, we'll get a Stanley Cup Finals predictions in somewhere. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of the episode. So, have a good night.